1: number two of Extra Point on this Friday, June 2nd. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We welcome your reaction at 1115 602-260-1060. Reports are Frank Vogel, next head coach for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Five years, $31 million is also what's being reported for him if you missed that earlier this morning. We also have As it is a Friday, Friday spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend specials for you, the bacon-wrapped sirloin fillets, 8 ounces, 2 for $15. Bacon-wrapped boneless prime pork chops, 8 ounces, 2 for $15. And the all-natural, fresh, boneless, skinless, plain chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. You can visit them at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Also pick up your craft beer, wine, and spirits, and... The amazing treats for your four-legged friends. We'll have the $100 gift certificate here soon. But let's re uh, refresh ourselves with the poll questions for the day, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question for Miami. There was a Game 1 last night, so should the non-competitive Game 1 be considered? Reason for concern or no big deal? Reason for concern continues to be out in front at 67% of the vote. No big deal at 33%.
0: Uh, I'll just add uh, for now. They uh, you know they, they led for 34 seconds. Uh, So I don't know if you can build off of that or not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll answer this question around 1130 today, flipping it on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Bob had a conversation with Reggie Chapman Jr. of 11 Alive in Atlanta talking all things Braves. They're here this weekend. If healthy, are the Braves the best team in the National League? No out in front, 54.5% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 45.5%.
0: Yeah, and they have not been healthy. Literally, at one for even one day this season, uh, they've not had all their position players and their starting pitchers all available for even one game. Uh, this weekend, the pitching matchups: Charlie Morton against Merrill Kelly tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Ryan Nelson goes against Spencer Strider, and then on Sunday, the scheduled probable, at least the listed probables as of right now: Zach Gallon, who's six and zero at home, by the way. Against Mike Soroka, who's uh, making his second start after coming off of two consecutive years where he was out with Achilles, dip, 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 two different uh, uh, torn Achilles. I mean, he he was you know, two years ago he got hurt in uh, you know covering first base, and then he re-injured it and missed last season also. So this second start back, his first start he pitched six innings, didn't give up any runs, and five of them but gave up. a a uh, hit batter, a blue pit, and a three-run homer in the other inning. But uh, you know, so we'll see. Uh, and he's not in a pit, real pitch count situation uh, because they, he had an extended minor league rehab stint, and he threw up to almost a hundred pitches in his last minor league start. So it's not going to be like a, you know, three innings. And you know, okay, we're happy with where he's at. You know, they, they want to stretch him out. He's been stretched out in the minor leagues, so it's a little different. Uh, coming back from uh, from an injury, uh, as opposed to a lot of other pitchers who they kind of ease their way back in.
1: We'll answer that question around 1130. Still time for you to cast your vote. Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Let's stick with the Diamondbacks, but first go back to yesterday afternoon as they picked up a 5-4 to four win over the Rockies. Uh, let's first start with the walk-off double for Corbin Carroll as he brought home two runs in the bottom of the ninth to secure the Diamondbacks' fifth straight win. Uh, I think it's fair to say... It's not too early, right, that Corbin Carroll has lived up to expectations and the hype so far? Oh,
0: yeah. Absolutely. he's the a lead story, and the Diamondbacks' lead story today on, uh, I don't know, I never know the name of this show, I'm sorry, the Brian Kinney show that's on Baseball Network, uh, that's on it like, uh, depending on, I think it was at 9 o'clock this morning. That, the time of that uh, show changes also because uh, – whether they have live games or not but anyway they were the lead story he was the first guy they mentioned they showed the highlights from yesterday uh i was actually just starting the sports zone when that came on so that was at nine o'clock this morning then i didn't get to hear what they were saying but uh that was a you know that's that's kind of where they're at they're tied for the dodgers they have the you know tied with the best record in the national league the Braves ironically entered this week with the best record, but they somehow lost two out of three games at Oakland.
1: Let's talk about Zach Davies and his start. Five and two-thirds innings, seven hits, three runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Because it's the Rockies lineup, can you glean much from this?
0: Not really, even though that's kind of what you're going to get from him. If you get six innings, you almost made it through five. You me through six innings, you have five and two-thirds and so forth. Uh, that's fine. You know, he's going to give up hits. He's not going to strike out a million guys. He's going to depend on his defense. And if you're a pitcher that throws strikes and depends on your defense, this is the right team because the Diamondbacks, according to many of the defensive stats, whether they're old-time stats or you know current metrics, uh, if they're not the best in baseball, they're near the top of the list, depending on wherever you're looking and you know whichever you know whichever stat you believe is the best defensive gauge and so forth but and the eye test passes that too i mean sometimes i think defensive stats in baseball are often misleading uh whether they actually be you know know, fielding percentage from the old days you know just how errors committed from the old days or whether it be metrics but in the diamondbacks case their really good defense is legitimate
1: Uh, So with all of this and their five wins in a row, it has moved the Diamondbacks now to 34 and 23. The Dodgers are also 34 and 23. Then you have the Giants at 28 and 28. The Padres 26 and 30 and the Rockies pulling up the rear here at 24 and 34. Uh, I know the expectations for the Diamondbacks were to be much improved, but sitting here uh, first place, I don't know that we saw that coming on June 2nd.
0: Not I. I mean, their season win total was roughly 75 wins. Obviously, they're way above that uh, projection right now. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's uh, certainly good. And as far as the division, uh, you, it, this is uh, two teams. I mean, nobody else is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you know, San Diego has got to make significant changes from the players. They, they need significant improvement from their current roster, And then they're going to have to go out and make some trade deadline moves, I think, to improve in addition to that. And, yeah, they're kind of I – I wouldn't say that they're completely out of minor league guys. But this is an organization in San Diego that, like, two or three years ago, had the most minor league talent in baseball. But they have traded almost all of it the last two or three years, whether it be for Soto, which they gave up four of their top prospects for him or others, I mean, they've made other moves, too. They've given up a lot of big-time arms, a lot of bats, and so forth. I'm not exactly sure what the Padres can do in a trade market, so I think we're down to a two-team race here. I mean, San Francisco had a really good month of May, but I'm not believing that they're long-term, and you know, they're not in the uh, their recent uh, you know history is uh, they're not into trading. Uh, they do actually have a bunch of young prospects that are going to be really good in a couple of years. Even more reason that they're not going to trade because they got to, they got to build around those guys in the future. Uh,
1: so you had mentioned the three game series for the Diamondbacks against the Braves. Let's go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Here tonight it, for the Braves, it's Charlie Morton, five and five, three point five nine ERA, sixty three strikeouts, going up against Merrill Kelly, six and three, two point eight three ERA, sixty nine strikeouts. It's a six forty start here, uh, certainly. Of the potential options to go tonight for the Diamondbacks in a series such as this, Merrill Kelly probably one of the top of the list to be pitching in that first game.
0: Yeah, well, you want uh, the good news is they have their two best pitchers by far starting in this series with, uh, yeah, Gallon going on Sunday and he's six and zero at home this year. Gallon, uh, Kelly after the not good start, which I don't think it was terribly surprising considering that the way things were you know, kind of uh, uneven for him during spring training with the World Baseball Classic thing, and he didn't pitch nearly as much as he thought he was going to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. I kind of wonder if he you know, would have made the same decision to actually participate in the World Baseball Classic if he known his lack of usage, as it turned out, uh, but he's been really good lately. He was walking a lot of guys at the start of the season, which is totally unlike Kelly. Uh, he's not been walking anybody here lately. His last three starts, he's 3-0 and zero with a 196 earned run average and only given up four earned runs in those three starts. Uh, so he seems like he's turned it around.
1: Uh, Then you have Saturday, Spencer Strider versus Ryan Nelson. Spencer Strider, 5-2, 2.97 ERA, 106 strikeouts. Ryan Nelson, 2-2, 5.37 ERA, 37 strikeouts.
0: Strider has been tremendous the last two years. Would have been the rookie of the year in the National League last year if it weren't for his teammate, Michael Harris Jr. Strider is having a very good second year. Harris is not having a good second year. He's really struggled offensively. And Ryan Nelson, I don't think, at least I don't really know what you're going to get from him from start to start. So we'll see what happens here. Clearly the, uh, the Braves are actually going to be favored. They're favored tonight. They're going to be a big favorite tomorrow. And I would assume that Gallon's going to be a small favorite on Sunday uh, because the Diamondbacks, the odds makers, and definitely the betting market don't believe in Arizona.
1: Uh, you mentioned Gallon. He goes Sunday against Sirocco, 0-1, 6.00 ERA, three strikeouts. Zach Allen, 7-2, and 2.72 ERA, 82 strikeouts. Does having these three pitchers line up for the Diamondbacks put this weekend series into even higher esteem for telling us a lot about this ball club and where they're at here on June 2nd?
0: Uh, I'm going to say no uh, because Ryan Nelson's pitching the game in between. Uh, so I think it would be – I think tonight's game with Kelly and then Sunday's game with Gallon. I think that they, they, those would be some good measuring sticks. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, if Ryan Nelson beats Spencer Strider, I think that would be a surprise. Uh, There's
1: plenty of other fun action, important action so far in June 2nd of the baseball season this weekend. And we'll get into those games on the other side of the break. Uh, You can also interrupt us 602-260-1060 if you have a comment on the Diamondbacks, Major League Baseball and the Suns reportedly hiring Frank Vogel as their next head coach as well. 602-260-1060. We'll take your calls now and talk to you on the other side of the break. Once again, uh, it is a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Bacon-wrapped sirloin fillets, 8 ounces, 2 for $15. Bacon-wrapped boneless prime pork chops, 8 ounces, 2 for $15. And the all-natural, fresh, boneless, skinless, plain chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. Uh, They don't just have that. They have everything over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, so visit them 2390 North Alma School in Chandler and the $100 gift certificate still on the line in today's program. 602-260-1060, though, if you'd like to chime in on some sports happening in the Valley, it is The Extra Point.
0: Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS. AM 1060 with me, the Doug Olive Show, 1 3 p.m.
1: I'll see you next time. 1120 here on KDOS AM 1060. It is the extra point. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you. Before we get into the weekend matchups, though, it is June 2nd, and this is Lou Gehrig Day in Major League Baseball. Of course, uh, remembering the New York Yankees' first baseman, and today also happens to be the day in which he did pass away from complications due to als and really uh kind of put to the forefront als for most of us
0: that's true uh and unfortunately all these years later still not a cure um there's been some advancement but uh not a cure and uh there's going to be i know there's already been lots of discussion about this but you know sarah langs who's been a researcher for espn she's still in her 20s um yeah you know, Has you know, they she announced earlier this year that she has ALS and you know there's uh I already saw a thing uh, about her on MLB Network this morning Yeah, you know, she's still a contributor on Sunday Night Baseball so I I'm sure that you know be at some point uh if maybe even to start the Dodgers and and uh, Yankees broadcast on ESPN on Sunday Night Baseball that you know they'll certainly uh be uh, you know something regarding her and and her current fight and so forth, but uh, you know, I think it's even more because she's so universally highly thought of uh, that there's going to be even more attention to that today than we've had in past years. And I don't want to say it's been more; it's not been a symbolic thing in recent years, but I think there's it, it hits home even more when you have somebody that is, as I mentioned. So highly thought of and beloved like Sarah Langs that now is fighting this, uh, fighting this illness.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was part of the broadcast earlier on Sports Center. It was an Outside the Lines report, and obviously doing oh, okay. the show, didn't get to hear what was being discussed, but uh, she was interviewed, her family was interviewed, and so I'm sure there's ways to find that online. Uh, Outside the Lines always does a phenomenal job, and so I can only imagine how that story was also told.
0: Yeah, I kind of wish that was still a daily show. It's not a daily show anymore, right? No. It's just kind of like they do like a like segment per morning, like outside the lines type of thing. I, in fact, I don't even know if it's per every day. Uh, but uh, that was one of the best shows on ESPN. And obviously, uh, ratings dictate everything, and not everybody thought as much of that as apparently I and others. True that. Uh, Let's get
1: into the matchups, though, for today and for the weekend here. You have the Tampa Bay Rays uh, going into Boston, taking on the Red Sox. Tyler Glasnow, 0-0, 6.23 ERA, 8 strikeouts. He gets the start for the Rays. The Red Sox are sending Garrett Whitlock, 2-2, 5.14 ERA, and 15 strikeouts.
0: We just saw Whitlock come off the injured list here on Sunday. He'd been uh, out for some time. The, unfortunately, the Red Sox yesterday they did. The good news is they ended their their losing streak. Uh, they were almost swept at home by the Reds uh, in Fenway, but uh, Chris Sale went down with a shoulder injury, uh, sore, sore shoulder. His velocity was way down. Uh, Alex Cora came out and you know, they, you know, with the trainer, and they actually left him in the game. And then uh, you know, a few pitches later, they pulled him from the game. And uh, I just looked again during the break here. I can't find anything about uh, he was supposed to have an MRI this morning. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, he he had been really good lately. I also mentioned last week when they were here, and Sale was going to – a week ago tonight he was pitching against the Diamondbacks, that the previous two starts – he had thrown the most pitches over two start span that he had in any two start span since 2017, and then he uh, didn't. I don't know if he really had a pitch count last Friday night, but he was pretty much done after five or six in, five or six innings and hadn't thrown an inordinate amount of pitches, but. Uh, you know, there was no sign that he was having some arm issues at that point. I just kind of figure, while well, they have a kind of a healthy lead here. They're just going to give him some rest and think long-term. Uh, if the Red Sox are going to have any long-term success this year, yeah, you know, to me, the starting pitching and their rotation was the biggest question going in. And if he's not available, they've already demoted Kluber to the bullpen. Uh, so you know, if, if Sale's out, they're going to be in some trouble.
1: Well, rightfully so to demote Kluber there.
0: He's been bad. Uh, He's not a young dude either. That's one of the reasons I – another reason I just kind of thought there's no way that the guys they're actually counting on in this rotation can all stay healthy, and unfortunately for the Red Sox, they've had more than one guy go down with injury. I believe it's uh, their starting rotation to begin the season – you know, three or four guys have gone down at some point, at least. Uh, you know, short stints on the injured list or just not good so far.
1: Then you also have the Blue Jays at the Mets. Chris Bassett, five and four, three point eight zero ERA, fifty-seven strikeouts. And the Mets, Justin Verlander, two and two, four point eight zero ERA, twenty-two strikeouts.
0: Mets are starting to play pretty well, they're really good at home. Uh, you know, also Max Scherzer. Uh, has been tremendous lately, including yesterday when the, he pitched the game, uh, the last game as they swept the Phillies. Uh, Alex Bohm, by the way, went on the injured list, uh, for the Phillies yesterday, and that's gonna, their offense has got some issues already. That's not gonna help any. Uh, so that's a, not a good thing for them. Uh, interesting matchup here, though, specifically because Bassett was a, a good pitcher last year for the Mets, and uh, now he's uh, he left via free agency and ended up in Toronto. Obviously, they've since added Verlander and also Max Scherzer uh, to uh, you know, take his spot and, and also Degrom's spot in the rotation this year.
1: Then you also have the Mariners at the Rangers here. Luis Castillo, four and two, two point six nine ERA, seventy six strikeouts. John Gray, five and one, two point eight one ERA, forty six strikeouts.
0: Gray's been really good. Um, yeah, he obviously pitched in Colorado for the first, what, five, four or five years of his career. and you know, he, he was uh, a number one pick. I don't think he was the overall number one pick. He might have been, actually. But he was a high draft pick out of Oklahoma uh, in his college days. And uh, he had some really good moments in Colorado. And as most pitchers in Colorado have uh, had some not-so-good moments. But he's been uh, win-healthy, which last year he was on the injured list uh, two or three different times. But win-healthy, he's been excellent for the Rangers. Really, uh, he, he gets a lot of swing and miss. But he also, along with all the other Rangers pitchers, especially their starters because their bullpen has been some, somewhat of a disaster, especially for a team that's as good as they've been so far. But uh, their defense has been really good. And when the ball is put in play, they usually make the play. And they cover a ton of ground in the outfield. And their infield defense is arguably the best in baseball.
1: Uh, then the Angels are at the Astros. Shohei Otani, 5-1, and 2.91 ERA, 90 strikeouts going up against Frambert Valdez, 5-4, and yeah. 2.38 ERA, 77 strikeouts.
0: Fromber has been great uh, for two years running in Otani. He's had some not-so-good starts here lately. I mean, the last start was dominant. I forgot who I was against, but it wasn't against the most demanding lineup of all time. But uh, this is a big series for the Angels. They lost the first game last night. Uh, Valdez was moved back one day, and this uh, wasn't really anything that has to do with him. Uh, it has to do with their schedule, which is, I believe, it's now 20 consecutive days without an off day. And they've got some young pitchers who are on innings limits for the season. So they're going to a six-man rotation at least for a while. Probably going to be doing this more than once this season. So they just moved Valdez back for a day. And I, I don't know if I'd move him back to so we could face Otani, but uh, that's what they, uh, Dusty Baker and the Astros decided to do for this series.
1: The Yankees are at the Dodgers. Yankees, Luis Severino, 0-0, 1.59 ERA, 10 strikeouts. Clayton Kershaw, 6-4, 3.32 ERA, 75 strikeouts tonight.
0: Severino making his third start coming off the injured list. He's looked really good the first two. Uh, They amped up his innings, or excuse me, his uh, pitch count a little bit, in his innings for that matter, uh, in the last start. So we'll see how it goes yeah Kershaw has been a little inconsistent here of lately of late I should say he's either been really dominant or hit pretty hard and he's had a couple of games which are very unchar- uncharacteristic of him where he's had some walks so we'll see what happens uh this is an interesting series obviously it's a huge deal you know with the history involved between the Dodgers and the Yankees whether they were both in New York or whether you know, obviously the Dodgers being in Brooklyn before they moved to Los Angeles and they played some classic World Series in uh, the 50s, yeah, 40s, 50s. Actually, I think they did in the 30s for that matter. But for many years, and they went into this, you know, the 70s and the 80s, they had some classic World Series matchups. So this is a big deal. Uh, Garrett Cole pitches tomorrow. Uh, on Sunday, uh, Bobby Miller, the phenom for the, for the Dodgers, who's – now on their roster, their you know best pitching prospect who's been very good the first two games. He's pitching on Sunday night baseball in the national spotlight to conclude the series.
1: Uh, then you have the Orioles at the Giants here. Dean Kramer, five and two, four point five eight ERA, forty eight strikeouts. Logan Webb, four and five, two point seven five ERA, seventy six strikeouts.
0: Webb's been tremendous lately. He did not get off to a particularly good start. He's a ground ball pitcher. The Giants actually have committed the most errors of any team in baseball this season, and he's been hurt by that some. Uh, but However, he gets a lot of strikeouts, so he doesn't have to depend on his defense as much as some pitchers who are, you know, like Framber Fran- Valdez, for instance, is the ground ball machine, but he's actually got more strikeouts. Valdez has this season than he has in past years, but uh, you know, Webb got off to a shaky start, but He was tremendous in the month of May. Um, I haven't seen anything, whether they've named the pitchers of the month for the month of May. He's got to be a candidate. Uh, The Giants pitching in the month of May was spectacular. Starters and relievers.
1: Oh, we had talked a little bit about this in hour one with the Arizona Cardinals having OTAs yesterday, media availability here. And I just wanted to conclude some of the things that caught my attention from what Jonathan Gannon had to say, obviously questions thrown to him about Isaiah Simmons and what his role is going to be. And obviously uh, the team not picking up his uh, option. So he is playing on the final year of his deal. Uh, Gannon went on to talk about that a little bit and said, quote, he's concerned about improving his team in the roles we're going to use him and doing whatever he can to help us win games. Uh, so essentially saying the contract is not an issue. For Isaiah Simmons. Also asking about uh, Zavin Collins and if he's been shifted to a more pass rushing role. Uh, Gannon is quoted here. If yeah, versatile player was Zavin, we're still kind of bouncing him around to different spots. He's been playing that spot for us as you see right now, but he's extremely intelligent so you can do a lot of different things with him because he can handle it mentally. I like his skill set. He's a big, strong, explosive person. We'll try to put him in as many spots that he's comfortable with and for him to uh, produce on the field i got a question for you about zavin here i think he took a leap last year uh, on the field from what we saw in his rookie season now that uh, this is a new regime coming in potentially the evaluation process here it's not just a camp thing would this be a whole year of kind of zavin interviewing to see what he's going to be able to do long term for the cardinals
0: I think they're tied into him long term. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But this is the time to experiment. I mean, yeah, I could care less what happens in these OTAs, quite frankly, unless somebody gets hurt. Uh, That's obviously a bad thing. But, yeah, they're in shorts and nobody really does much. Quite frankly, I've been to far too many and quit going to these OTA practices when they were available. They still are, but I just have no desire to go to any of these anymore, ever again. Uh, it's just a complete waste of time, especially if uh, you know there's no pads going on here unless you're, I guess, the Patriots. There's no contact going on here. Uh, they got fined for this again here recently, uh, but uh, there's not supposed to be any physicality. And This is the time, though, we have a new coaching staff. You know, The Cardinals got an extra week of OTAs because all teams with new coaching staffs get an extra week. So this is the time to figure out where some guys might end up. And uh, it sounds like that's what the Cardinals are doing, and that's what they should be doing.
1: Uh, Gannon was also asked about moving on from DeAndre Hopkins now as opposed to later. uh, His quote there, all the factors that were in play, we just felt that it was the, the best thing for the team to play with who we have. Uh, and then in addition to that the Cardinals will have a joint practice with Minnesota and Gannon cites that they are completely different uh, scheme wise which will certainly be helpful for the Cardinals as you just kind of continue to go up against one another in training camp so getting a different look uh, it seems like every team is going in the direction of joint practices these days
0: yeah I believe they play the Vikings in a preseason game so I'm guessing that's leading into that so uh, I was uh, pretty sure they played one of their preseason games against them. So that's usually the way that that works. Uh, the Cardinals, have, you know, the, geographically speaking, it's much more difficult, it has been, for the Cardinals to do these uh, you know, joint practice type of things in the preseason. Remember the one time they did do it in the Bruce Arians area, he ended up in the hospital in San Diego that had nothing to do with the joint practices, just had to do with health issues. Uh, but, you know, they – you know, they said for years that we really can't do that because we just don't really have the, we don't have the geographic uh, advantages that teams obviously uh, say in the Eastern Time Zone, where it's uh, much closer to to do things like that.
1: The final preseason game of the year is against the Vikings, and then voluntary OTAs for the Cardinals will conclude next week.
0: Okay, in the voluntaries, you got to show up or you get fined. That's the Buddha Baker, you know, that'll be the, the spotlight on whether Buddha's there or not.
1: Uh, We have the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, the weekend specials, bacon-wrapped sirloin fillets, 8 ounces, 2 for $15, bacon-wrapped boneless prime pork chops, 8 ounces, 2 for $15, and the all-natural, fresh, boneless, skinless pork Plain chicken breast at four ninety nine dollars a pound. The $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, it's now. Caller number three, 602 260 1060. Caller number three, 602 260 1060. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, visit them this weekend, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And we'll get into the poll questions on the other side of the break. It is the extra point.
0: Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, or visit them Hanson's VonHansen'sMeats.net. It's time for the poll questions, and we start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. In regards to Game 1 of the NBA Finals, for Miami, should the non competitive Game 1 be reason for concern or no big deal?
0: I think there's reason for concern here. Not entirely because of the non-competitive game, number one. I mean, when you basically score your season low in the playoffs of 93 points and shoot 40% from the field and you're 13 for 39 from, uh, you know, three-point range and you make just two – you only attempt two free throws. Fewest ever in any finals game ever. Uh, Those are issues. Uh, But to me – the reason for concern here is that you know, I think they're obviously going to think they're going to shoot better. That's not exactly a bold statement at this point. But the bigger concern is something we talked about before the series started: the length and the physical physicality, just the physical stature. Not just the length, but you know, Aaron Gordon and, and Jamal Murray. These dudes, uh, you know, they're built. They've got some. You know, you, know, you know, strength, and, and they're just not tall, you know, guys that have length advantages. And against the Heat, that's, uh, that, I think that's a big deal. And uh, the Aaron Gordon matchup against Jimmy Butler is another thing we talked about before the series started and uh, was a big deal yesterday. Uh, they're not going to be able to, you know, Butler's just not going to be able to post up, and they're not going to be able to run some of the same stuff they have in the Eastern Conference playoffs so far. Uh, and Butler, when asked, talked about the physicality of the, nu- the Nuggets after the game last night. Gabe Vincent talked about the physicality of the Nuggets before he was even asked a question about it uh, in the postgame last night. So I just don't think that's going to change over the next two weeks because um, unless people's bodies change in the next two weeks and they get shorter uh, or not they have less strength, I don't think that's, I think that's a big problem for Miami in this series.
1: Yeah, so part of me wants to say no big deal because I expected the Nuggets to win game one, but... the the Heat were missing some open shots they were missing some pretty good looks you had Caleb Martin and Max Struess making just one bucket between the two of them so is that trend going to continue or is the hot shooting going to continue but the reason for concern here is that the size mismatch was clearly on display Uh, is Jimmy Butler kind of run down a little bit here I I know that he was making uh, some plays he did have I think seven assists in the game and could have potentially had more if some of those open shots uh, went down, but you know not seeing him just kind of quote unquote take over the ball game where is that kind of effort is that effort going to need to be on display for the heat to uh, have a legitimate opportunity here with an extra day of rest maybe you can change up the plan here uh, throw some different looks at the nuggets Uh, if Miami doesn't win though on Sunday I would say that there is some reason for concern if you're looking at this from uh, a competitive series standpoint but certainly the size mismatch being on display right from the get-go uh leads you in the direction of saying uh this could potentially be uh be ugly
0: um yeah i would expect miami to win a game in uh, you know, at least one game in miami you know to win on sunday would be something that nobody's been able to achieve against the nuggets in this postseason because they've won every home game they're nine and zero at home in the postseason haven't lost a game at home in the post or regular season since March. Uh, And uh, they had one of the strongest home courts and have for many years, even when they haven't had good teams. Uh, And I don't think it's all altitude. I think it's much more of a bigger deal altitude with the regular season because you got a lot of teams that have played the night before and have to go to Denver and play the next day. And they have an enormous high percentage, uh, of wins in those situations, that's been one of the best betting angles for literally 40 years in the NBA. Is if you play, if you have Denver playing at home against a team that played last night and travels to Denver for their back-to-back, that's uh, been a losing proposition at an exceptionally high percentage straight up and against the spread. Uh, but uh, you know, I would be really surprised. If this is a long series, long being six or seven games.
1: Uh, The masses are on the reason for concern side of things at 64% of the vote. No big deal sitting at 36%. This is the KDOS1060.com poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, Bob had an in-depth conversation with Reggie Chapman Jr. of 11 Alive in Atlanta talking all things Atlanta Braves. Uh, So if you missed that, you can podcast over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. If healthy... Uh, the Braves, the best team in the National League, and uh, they have the best team ERA in the National League with 3.67. They're ranked 11th total with a 256 team batting average, and they certainly have the necessary power uh, on the roster. I'd say with a combination of everything, if they are all healthy, then yes, they are the best team in the National League.
0: I think it's really surprising that their earned run average is that good. I mean, they've obviously played a lot of this season without Max Freed and Kyle Wright, and they're going to be out for a while longer, it appears. At least that's the prognosis right now. Mike Soroka, as we've mentioned a few times here in the last three hours, is just one start back after missing two seasons with two different torn Achilles injuries. And uh, yeah, he's going to make his second start of this season Sunday against the Diamondbacks. Uh, in addition to that, you know, Iglesias started the season on their closer, started the season on the injured list, missed roughly the first month. He's back now. And with the exception of a uh, you know, blow-up on Monday night at Oakland, he's certainly his velocity is back for sure now. Uh, so that would be something to pay attention to this weekend. Uh, as, uh, you know, but like I mentioned, he had like three or four you know, appearances before Monday night at Oakland, uh, which wasn't all his fault, by the way. Uh, but uh yeah you know, certainly he contributed to the blow up uh so th- if they if they get those guys healthy and their offense has actually had a couple of guys that have been out some during this season too but there is no doubt in my mind that they are the best you know, team in the national league if they're healthy i think that they are by far the best team in the national league
1: uh, the masses are on the no side of things at 54.5% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 45.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060 Curious of those voting no, then who would be the pick?
0: Maybe they're going for the local team. Maybe.
1: Are they thinking the Mets are making a uh, resurgence?
0: Uh don't know about that. Yeah, you know, the Dodgers I'm guessing if we got to actually you know, who's the second best team, if we did that question, I I'd imagine the Dodgers would probably win out on that, but it's usually not a good idea to put uh, the Los Angeles teams, as I've learned in these poll questions over the years, in any kind of uh Phoenix vote because Phoenix hates the Los Angeles teams. And with good reason. Uh, because they've often performed poorly against the Los Angeles teams uh, and uh, more than occasionally when it's mattered the most.
1: Got to get your Beat LA chant
0: on, Bob. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's good. It's just a jealousy thing here. Uh, I understand, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that the Dodgers and the Lakers and the Rams have often been better than the local squads they're facing.
1: We wrap up this edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. On the other side of the break, it is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla are with you for one more segment.
0: AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content
1: here on AM 1060. You did not Segment of this Friday, June 2nd edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. Bob, it's that time once again, though. It is thank you time.
0: Okay, as always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else. Super the cracks. Also our guest today. Then we talked Atlanta Braves in detail during the sports zone. And I just lost my place, and I'm looking, like scrambling to get my place back because I hit the wrong button on my computer. Uh, Reggie Chapman, Jr. of 11 Alive in Atlanta joined us. Great stuff with Reggie. And uh, Certainly, I don't think we expect the Braves going anywhere anytime soon uh, as far as uh, standings, etc. cetera. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk with Reggie later in the season. Sound of Day, courtesy of ESPN. 680 a.m., Bally uh, Sports, Arizona, Fox, and WIP. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
1: Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and uh, then you have the Sports with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6 tonight. Game two in the NBA Finals, it'll take place on Sunday, 5 p.m. Of course, the Heat at the Nuggets. This season, though, in the playoffs, you have eight NBA playoff games averaging at least 8 million viewers. Uh, When you go back to 2012, that ties uh, 2018 for the most, going back, as I said, to 2012. So it's been a really solid NBA playoff viewership, number-wise.
0: Do we know why? Because I really don't think the games have been any better.
1: That's a great question. Um, I think the easy answer is to say more states with legalized sports betting. Um, That's
0: a good one. Okay. I can buy that.
1: um, A secondary answer, I don't know. People crave for better basketball because the regular season didn't provide it. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if there's any scientific ideas about this. I have to maybe read Richard Deitz's column at The Athletic to try to figure this out.
1: Exactly. Uh, Then in addition to that here, we discussed this yesterday and the SEC has come to a decision, at least for the 2024 season, uh, that it will, in fact, be an eight game conference slate for the football year. Uh, 2024 is the year that Oklahoma and Texas are expected to be part of the SEC. There were some reports indicating that ESPN was not going to offer any more money uh, for a nine game conference. Conference schedule, so they decided to just stick with the eight game conference schedule.
0: Yeah, I wonder if OU and Texas uh, are going to play in the Cotton Bowl the second, I believe it's the second or third Saturday every year in October. Uh, So I wonder if that's going to stay the same, but I'm sure they'll play each other. Well, I would hope they would. That'd be stupid if they didn't. Uh, But uh, yeah, because they still have uh, these so called natural rivals. In the, a uh, you know, couple of the non division, you know, Georgia and Auburn play every year, for instance, even though they're not the same division in the SEC because they played together for, against each other forever. So I assume OU and Texas will continue to play uh, every year against each other.
1: Uh, The ongoing saga here between what's going on with the RSNs and Major League Baseball, a judge ordered Diamond Sports Group to fully pay the Twins, Guardians, Diamondbacks, and Rangers. At the current juncture, the Diamond Sports Group has only paid uh, these teams at least 75% of what they were owed with their contract rights agreements. So the judge has ordered them to pay the remaining 25%. It'll be curious to see, though, what ends up Happening with these four teams because Diamond Sports could uh, could decide to to just basically not produce their games, which is what has already happened with the San Diego Padres. So we'll see what happens for the distribution of the games for the Twins, Guardians, Diamondbacks, and the Rangers. Speaking of the Diamondbacks, they host the Braves this time.
0: Time out on that thing. I heard a thing yesterday on MLB Network is that. you know, it's believed that uh, you know, if they're no longer carrying their games, that uh, you know, and, and they'd, using, they'd use the San Diego market as an example. You know, a local station, like an independent local station would pick up the broadcast for the rest of the year. And considering the Diamondbacks are this good and this entertaining, I would assume somebody would do that here locally if that ever came to that.
1: Uh, the Diamondbacks, speaking of them, they're hosting the Braves in an important uh, series this weekend, and tonight it'll be Merrill Kelly on the mound, 6.40 p.m. on Bally Sports Arizona. In addition to that, the Phoenix Mercury are hosting the Los Angeles Sparks tonight, 7 p.m. on ION television. They're coming back after a seven-day uh break in the schedule rare for that to happen but they'll be back on the court tonight as always thank you for listening to the extra point everyone have yourselves a fantastic weekend and we'll be back with you on monday starting with the sports zone